Hello, this is Ken, your podcast preacher. Welcome back to my podcast, Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in and through our lives. The title of this message is Statistical Anomalies. I like statistics because it proves men both liars and truth tellers. If you are one that always uses the words always and never in sentences other than when we speak to God or about the devil, then you may be a liar. Or to soften it up a bit, one who exaggerates to defend a usually very weak position. I mean, if your position was strong, you would not have to use such verbiage, right? And typically we use these words when we're in some kind of an argument, don't we? But this is not about lying or telling the truth. Nope. It's about how data helps us to make informed decisions as Christians. You can be for something or against it until you see the numbers, and then they can perhaps help you keep from making that unintelligent and highly emotional bad decision. Yep, I have done this plenty, to the point that I could be considered an expert in bad decision making at one point in my life. You see, I was one of those who overheard a data-ignorant person say something to the effect that statistics can be manipulated and therefore should not be trusted. Well, that's like, duh, right? I mean, anything can be done this sort of way. Doesn't the Bible say that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one? 1 John 5.19 And if that is true, and it is, then is it not also true that the devil is a liar and the father of it? John 8.44 And if he is a father of lies, then he also has kidlets who also lie like him. 1 John 3.8.10 And can it be said that if I give you the scripture references to these things that I say, then they are as good as statistically supported as they can be? Oop, shoe drop. No, wait, wrong thing. Mic drop, well, maybe a mic swing. (laughs) I'm just having fun this morning, man. But that was good, right? Scripture is as good as statistical data that is 100% accurate. Okay, let's go to the message. So the gospel has been preached for 1900 years as of the writing of the book titled The Coming of the Lord, which was written by author Tappan Pearson. This is a book whereby I get some of my information from. Google is my other contributor. Author stated that there were 40 million Protestants in a population numbering 40 times that number, which is 1,600,000,000 people, back around the year 1896. Now, but it was estimated of these self-proclaiming Christians, of which they had to be as the numbers are already way off, if we compare that number to the fruit baskets of the day that only 10 million of the 40 million had ever experienced what we call regeneration, that is, the authentically born-again experience, filled with the Holy Spirit. And now if you believe that there is any other kind of child of God, you are mistaken and have believed what cannot be found in the Word of God. Wow, I know that sounds so final, but so enough about the fact that the Holy Spirit is not for today, or that He is only for specially chosen Christian peeps. It's not in the Bible. Boom. Now I know that every living Christian soul will believe what I just said there. And in doing so, the world is about to be tipped on its axis. For the call of God would resound so loud that we could shout the ring off Saturn round about until it ended up around the moon. Hey, believe me when I say it. And we can do all that. Wait. All that Jesus has assigned this generation to do. Yep. And now is this not what Matthew and Luke express? 
and their recounts of what Jesus was warning us about all these years into the future? I mean, didn't they say with some statistical accuracy that things are leaner than what you will hear? Matthew 7, 13, 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is a gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Luke 13, 23, 24. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Now you see how I could say this scripture is like untampered with statistics. Now you could come up with the argument against it, but you would then have to train yourself to be divisive and not a learner or teacher. We don't fight to be right. We fight to be accurate in what we say about what God says. No, I'm not a proponent of every last vowel and consonant, every character, syllable, and sentence having to line up with the Bible word for word for word for word. That's just not me. Look, John 20:30, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. John 21:25, And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. Oh, and one more, just to put this to bed. It looks like John is our smart man for the moment. John 14, 11, 12. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. So technically, if we're doing the works that Jesus did, are we not just adding to the Bible? I'm not saying literally, but we are. Oh, and there are many other books that even the Bible refers to. The book of Jasher and the books of Enoch. Ha, ah, and the books of wars and such. But now for those of you who are sword ready and want to point out that God stated in the books of Revelation 22, 18-19, Deuteronomy 12, 32, and 4-2, and Proverbs 36, not to add or take away, I would encourage you that if you are able to also do precisely what Jesus did and more, yes, exactly what Jesus' apostles and also that of Paul, Timothy, and Stephen did, then yes, I would consider their words under the anointing as being that from the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, but so before we move on, I am not saying that anyone should rewrite the Bible. It is not necessary. But again, it's just my belief that its preciseness can also be found being spoken from the mouths of today's disciples, saints, and children of God. So don't stress when you hear something that you feel should be straightly stated. And someone like me comes and brings a similar word while ripping and drifting through Mulholland Drive. Ask questions. It'll be okay. Now, I know these numbers above were before the Azusa Street Revival event, as well as many other Christian, Oh God, please make your church as it was at first events. 
but I am sure that Matthew and Luke will not change their data, considering where the church is at in this moment. Can you see it as possible in any other way? Never will never be the majority on a narrow path. The whole world will never be saved. And yes, I am aware that the Bible states that God desires all men to be saved. 1 Timothy 2.4 Were you? <laughs> Just kidding. So let's continue to surf this borderline rant wave for a minute. In an article found in Google, they stated that everyone in America is a Christian. But that 245 million is the adult believer number, which excludes the babies. Now, according to Worldometer, we currently have 8,042,000,000 living on Earth. As of 2020, PEW, or Pew, estimated that out of 8 billion peeps, 2,300,000,000 were Christians. Ah, there it is. So now we can rest, knowing that nearly 28% of this world is running for God. Whew, boy. Even I am almost tempted to believe that statistical garbage. <laughs> what, Ken? Google is all-knowing. Well, <laughs> if it took just 12 guys to turn the world upside down, without all of the techno-gadgets we have at our disposal today, how on earth, or maybe better stated, why on earth, has Jesus not come for his perfect bride? Every hospital should be empty, every bank broke, and every credit card company only resourcing the unsaved population, as God's kids would have more than enough. Now think about this. If we had 2.3 billion authentically born-again peeps doing specifically exactly what they were called to be doing right now, this very day, I believe with no ounce of doubt we could pray a collective prayer and ask God to melt every living heart for him. And then all of those who have yet to respond to the gospel those who were called and predestined for salvation, would respond. Yep, we could pray in the last Gentile. And then bam, the Gentile church would be raptured and Jesus would shift his focus for a thousand years. And the Gentile church would be ruling and reigning with him right here on earth. His focus would now be on the once blind and deaf Jews. And even in that time, and even in that time, they would be so inclined to start witnessing to the lost Gentiles who waited too long. A soul salvation reversal. Not so far-fetched and far off. Yep. So if these numbers are true to you, then let's pick a day. Not Sunday, as we are too busy being taught. We don't need to be about his work. But maybe, well, no, not on Friday, for that is card and casino night. Oh, let's just do a Tuesday and let us pray. Okay, so please forgive my exceeding sarcasm. But I know not how to shake away that which is willing to sleep so, while the earth is reeling under the power of the Father of Lies. 106,660 peeps die every minute on earth. Yep, it would take two minutes and Chico and Paradise would be ghost towns. All the while, while this world population of peeps is our responsibility to share the message. These towns, as well as many others, ought to be holy ghost towns. There. I knew I could work that in. And now see, I just exposed the heart of those who depend on the world system to provide honest and accurate information. Yep, even though we read, the whole world lies under the wicked one, we watch, listen, and believe them. You have to know, if you're listening to a non-believer and believe them as though they are telling you the absolute truth, 
you're setting yourself up for deception. Even they don't know that they're a child of the father of lies, so they might not know that they are lying, or even doing so intentionally. But they can't help themselves. The fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. The truth is, we are not 2,300,000,000 strong, and better than I wish that we were. Nope. The Laodicean spirit is even now already working in our churches in America, and has been doing so for nearly a couple of centuries. I know, you want me to read from Revelation to show you what many have seen in these 200 plus years. Not that the majority, oh no, for that might result in a statistical anomaly. What can? Okay, see, Jesus had brothers and sisters, but he was the only one called. I mean, why didn't God hedge his bet and send a whole family of Jesus-like characters? Wouldn't that have improved our preaching the gospel successes? No, but, and yes, it's trickery. Because he actually did have, I mean does have, a whole family working this gospel task. And I will just leave you the scripture reference so that I can get on to reading Revelation. Matthew 12:50, Revelation 3:14:22, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have no need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. What? Are we the barfed-up church that God warned us about? Well, if you will read some good books on missionaries about a hundred years or more ago, you will see what them their Christians were like. And if you stood behind them in the line in heaven, you might be inclined to stand behind me more than them. I mean, these peeps, wow! And what of it to say about the Moravians, also known as Hernhutters? Now look, they had a prayer meeting that lasted about 110 years. Then it went 365 and a quarter days a year, 24 hours a day. So you might be inclined to say, ha, Ken, well I know that it's God's grace. And so, but it was also different in those days. I mean, they just didn't have the distractions we have today, Ken and why the women didn't even have to go out and get a job. Hmm, <laughs> I will be nice at those excuses, because whatever excuse we may have for not doing our Christianity today will not follow us up into heaven. Nope, you will walk up to Jesus and try to bleat, but as you try and talk, a block comes out. <laughs> no peeps, it doesn't have to be this way. Back to my story we go. So no, but yes, we are strong because my Bible states, where two or three are gathered in my name, 
He is there in the midst of us. Matthew 18.20 My Bible states that we are more than conquerors. Romans 8.37 My Bible states that I am in Christ. 1 Peter 5.14 And that I can do all that he did and more because I have the Holy Spirit in me. John 14.11.12 My Bible demonstrates that I have the ability to alter and change the course of nature when it's under the control of Satan. Just like Jesus had when he spoke to the wind and waves, to the mountain of the fig tree, to the mulberry bush, etc., etc., and more, etc. I have a testimony that proves that this is true. So because this is not about me, this is really about you, which includes me, I share my heart for the dislodging of a stagnant church and say don't rest on someone else's laurels. Some of you are thinking that because you are part of a denomination, that when God comes and looks specifically for them, you will automatically be sucked in. He's not coming back for a denomination, or a non-denomination, or the Catholic Church, or even for those who did church right, but for those who know him and obey him. 2 Thessalonians 1, 1.10 Author Tapon Pearson, more than a hundred years ago, stated that there was a problem with the church. And so now, how is it that after a hundred years have passed, it has gotten worse and not better? I thought new information was supposed to give us an opportunity to make things better. I mean, isn't that what the world says, that things are going to get better? It's just not possible. Things might get better for you. Things might get better in the moment, or maybe in the hour, or maybe even for a month. But overall, there's no way that humanity is going to save this planet. I guess maybe enough people didn't read his book. Surely we haven't been reading the Bible. Otherwise, we would have pushed these horrible days into the future by our response to his love for and to and through us. So being a man of statistics, and I love statistics because it eliminates subjectivity in some part. And when done accurately, as we know how to make them, they can help us to make the right decisions. Be assured that no matter how much the devil tells today's Christians, that there are plenty of us, so don't worry. Get back in the passenger seat. I'll drive. Don't let him. He's been driving too long already. You can tell that by the condition of this planet. No one is going to pick up your slack who is already working their own slack full of time. It will be left for a new soul that is hungry for God, more than for three hours of TV a night, which is what we watch every day. You know my heartbeat is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to make disciples and to help you to be a disciple, so that you can bear fruit that remains. That is, so that you can make disciples that when the stuff hits the fan, they will remain. If we can barely hang on as a church when things are not that bad, what will become of us when things start to really go upside down? No, I mean, really upside down. Look at what COVID showed the world regarding the Church of God that believes in healing signs and wonders and the miracles of God. That was a little invisible thing, and whether it was even made up or not is irrelevant. It still showed us the condition of the Church. It showed us how far we are and how far we still have to go in our generation. But this also showed us what churches are running in faith and which churches are already Laodicean through and through. I know if you're a Laodicean church, you're going to need to taste different than you do now, or you will fly out the mouth of God. 
And no worries, we have already been warned about this impending event. We can still change how we taste to God. Just turn up the burners and run. The funny thing about denying that this is us here in America is that it is sillier than a blind man denying that he's actually blind. And yet it has happened, is happening, and will continue to happen. And unfortunately, it will happen in greater measure. The strange and awesome thing is that we have some control of this, at least in our generation. We can respond. We can listen to those who have gone before us and said we're in trouble. Or we can label them as complainers and hotheads and ignorant of the things of God, because they're not a part of our denomination. (laughs) Having this information in our heads and hearts so that we can change the way the future forms for the next generations that come after us. That's why we have this information in our heads and hearts. Can we stop the earth from ending? Nope, and I personally don't want to. But we can extend the period of the Gentiles. And when I say Gentiles, I'm talking about America specifically, even though they are all over the world. Right now, my vision is just small enough for America. We can show the love of God anew to a people who probably rarely see it in these days, even with all the technology and advances that we have to perpetuate the gospel in both word and deed. It's just not too late, although things look bad, and we cannot and should not entirely depend on social media. Sending out a scripture a day is not really the full gospel. There are miracle signs and wonders that need to occur. There are relationships that need to occur. Can you imagine God not coming to earth and simply sending everybody an email, telling us the whole story of the Bible via text and email, maybe on Facebook? Nope. God came to earth to touch people, to stare into our eyes, to look at us, to show us what love looks like when it's pure. Relationships is about contact. I know, here I am with a podcast and telling you that you should have a touch ministry. Well, I believe that you can have both. And we should have both. I'm just saying don't rely on one or the other. If you're a church, get on social media. Put out some videos about what you do, about where you're going to be. Hey, we're going to have a healing ministry downtown. Come out and see us. Get your healing on. There's all kinds of great ways that we can use social media. But I think we should still meet at coffee shops. I think we should still go out to lunch. And we should still talk to our coworkers, Those at the bank, at the grocery store at sporting events. It's not over. Stop listening to all the negative stuff out there and just start believing that God already won and that love prevails. It conquers all. There's no fear in love. So get your loving on. Well, that's it for this message. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, steal, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.